Welcome to Victory Church Podcast. At Victory, we are committed to connecting people to God, His church and their purpose. For more information, visit victorychurch.net.au. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. By my slight accent, I wasn't born here in Australia. I was actually born in South Africa, uh, Durban, on the coast. Um, please don't hold that against me. I promise I have my Australian uh, certificate, uh, citizenship certificate. So I am Australian, uh, true blue. And then about the age of nine, I moved over here with my family um, to Adelaide, to Radelaide. Uh, we, we, we became a part of Victory Church. My parents were here. Um, my whole family was here. Then my parents felt the call of God to go over to Canberra and plant a church. And so uh, obviously as a family supporting them and helping them do that, we went over there with them and helped them plant the church. And they're going amazingly, amazingly well over there at the moment. Um, and then at the beginning of this year, I felt the call of God just to move back to Adelaide as my next season. So that's what I did. Um, a bit of a scary step when you first move out, move out of home, if, if I'm honest. Um, but I did it, and I'm so glad that I did because Radelaide is the place to be. Yeah. P.S. Shout out to all the Crows fans out there. I don't know that, yeah. Woo. I don't really follow AFL, but, you know, I'll take it. <laughs> um, uh, but as, as I was thinking about, uh, about tonight and everything, uh, I realized that it, 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 it's a bit of a stepping out of an uncomfortable zone for me. It's, it's stepping out of my comfort zone being up here. It's not something that comes easily, I think, to anyone. Um, there's a few people who, who find it a little bit challenging to be up here in front of so many people. Um, and I realized it's kind of stepping out of my comfort, comfort zone and stepping into unknown territory a little bit. And then I started to think that you know, in the Bible, there's actually a lot of a lot of examples of people stepping out of their comfort zone. Um, I mean, take Jesus for example. In the Garden of Gethsemane, the guy was sweating blood. Like, I don't know if you know if you've ever sweat like sweated blood before. I haven't personally. I imagine it would be extremely uncomfortable. Um, but he was literally he was literally sweating blood at the thought of what he had to go through. And yet he still chose to step out of his comfort zone and, and, and do what he needed to do and go down the cross for us so that we could have eternity with him. And it got, it got me thinking, what areas in our lives do we need to step out of our comfort zones in? What areas in our lives do we need to take that step and just move into a little bit of un, uncharted water before and just go and explore a little bit? And, 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 and when the call of God comes, are you going to step out of that comfort zone? Or are you going to stay in your garden and not go anywhere rather than picking up your cross that you need to and carrying that um, on your journey. Um, so in light of that, um, I thought I would call, uh, I've, got, I've got a scripture I'm going to read in a bit, but I thought I'd call tonight, my, tonight's message, um, Beyond the Boats. That's right, alliteration is the preacher's favorite thing apparently, so I thought I'd better kick it off with a little bit of alliteration. And if I was to have a subtitle, I would have, the subtitle would be Stepping Out of Your Comfort Zone. Pretty simple, pretty straightforward. Um, in saying that, can you turn with me, please, to Matthew 14, 22 to 23, I mean, to 33, sorry. For those who can count, that's uh, 11 verses long. Um, uh, in 22, it's, uh, verse 22, it says, Immediately after this, Jesus insisted that his disciples get back into the boat and cross to the other side of the lake, while he sent the people home. After sending them home, he went up into the hills by himself to pray. Night fell while he was there alone. Meanwhile, the disciples were in trouble far away from land, for a strong wind had, aris had risen, and they were fighting heavy waves. About three o'clock in the morning, Jesus came toward them, walking on the water. When the disciples saw him 
walking on the water. They were terrified. In their fear, they cried out, It's a ghost! But Jesus spoke to them at once, Don't be afraid. He said, Take courage. I am here. Then Peter called out to him, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come to you walking on the water. Yes, come, Jesus said. So Peter went over the side of the boat and walked on the water toward Jesus. But when he saw the strong wind and waves, he was terrified and began to sink. Save me, Lord, he shouted. Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed him. You have so little faith, Jesus said. Why did you doubt me? When they climbed back into the boat, the wind stopped. Then the disciples worshipped him. You really are the Son of God, they exclaimed. Before we get started tonight, I'm just going to pray because I always think it's a good idea to pray before you do anything because, you know, Holy Spirit's awesome. So, dear Lord God, thank you for the incredible time we're going to have tonight. Lord God, I pray that you would use me in the way you need to use me tonight. Lord God, speak through me, Lord Jesus. May your word come alive tonight, Lord God, and may, may, we, may we grab it and run with it tonight, Lord Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm excited to be up here. I need you guys to, to preach me down tonight. I'm not going to lie. Um, I need you to preach. It's, it's a bit terrifying, to be honest, being up here, but I'm doing it anyways because, you know, that's what we do. We step out of the boat sometimes. So I got, I got, uh, I got five points for you tonight from that, from that, uh, that scripture, from that, from that, from the take of the Bible, from, sorry, that portion of the Bible. And uh, in, in true alliteration form, they all begin with the same letter, so I'm really proud of that as well. Um, yeah, I know, right? Um, and so I got five points, and these five points are, are basically what is required for you to step out of your comfort zone. What, what, what do you need in order for you to take that step over that boat and start walking towards Jesus where you need to be? What is it that is required from you to be able to walk towards Jesus in the call of your life and take up the cross and do the things that you need to do in your life? What is it that you need to do to get out of your comfort zone? And so my first point for tonight is concentration. You see, in order to step out of our comfort zones, we have to eliminate all competing distractions. I don't know if you realize, but it said, the Bible said there's heavy wind and waves that were going on. In the, they're literally in the middle of a storm. The, the, the disciples are all like gathered together in a boat. These guys are experienced fishermen, by the way, and uh, they, they, they knew storms, and they were terrified of this storm. So it gives you a, a, an idea about how big the storm was and how scary it was, to be honest. Um, I don't know about you, but if I was in, in the middle of a lake in, in a huge storm, I'd be pretty terrified. I would need to be, I would need to bring a second pair of pants probably. Um, but they, these guys knew storms, right? And they were terrified. So they look at this and they're, they're, they're losing their mind already. They're like, oh my God, what is going on? <laughs> mommy. No, they won't say mommy. Um, but they're, they're, they're literally terrified. And in the midst of all that, they're able to hear this voice. In the midst of the heavy rain and everything that's going on around them, they're able to hear this voice. And they hear this voice and they say, they hear Jesus say, come, it is me. Do not be afraid. Take, take, take courage. I don't know if you've ever thought about that, but like if you think about the logistics, so you've got the boat and then you've got Jesus over here and, and, and then the boat's over there and the disciples have got this wind and rain. They're all screaming their heads off and Jesus is just like, come. Have you ever tried like hearing that over loud noises? Imagine like the wind blowing, like the... Except a lot louder because I don't want to do it any louder. And then the, the, and then the waves like... Pfft. 
like crashing over you and then everyone just yelling at the top of their lungs being like, oh my gosh! Ah! Ah! And then, and through, and through all of that, they're able to hear this, this word that that's Jesus saying, take courage, don't be afraid. In order for you to hear those words, you need to be knocking out distraction left, right, and center. You need to be Ronda Rousey on those distractions. You need to be knocking them out within a few seconds of them showing up. Peter, here's the interesting note. See, you have to hear them by, by eliminating distraction, right? You have to hear Jesus by doing that. But the interesting thing was, Peter was the only one that responded. So you have Peter who hears it, turns, and then he responds. He starts speaking to Jesus again because he's focused on him. All the other disciples, we don't know if they did hear them or they did hear Jesus or they didn't. Maybe they did and they were just too concerned with the big wind and the waves to do anything about it. Maybe they didn't hear Jesus. But either way, Peter somehow had a special focus on the voice of Jesus to be able to hear the call when Jesus called him out. In order for us to do that, we need to be eliminating distractions. We need to know the voice of Jesus. You want to know the way we do that is by having quiet time with our Lord. That's the way we do it. We do it by getting to know Him better, by spending time with Him, and by not having distractions when we spend time with Him. I have, I have my Bible up here. I'm a big fan of using Bible. I highlight, I draw in it, I draw little pictures and everything. No, I don't. Um, that, I wonder those are the best books though when you're younger, when you found pictures and like novels that you used to read in English, and you're like, ooh, less reading. Um, uh, uh, English wasn't my best subject, to be honest. Um, but anyways, <laughs> sorry, Vicky. Um, but I, I, I love the feel of a Bible about writing it, about highlighting it, about the, just there's a feel about the Bible and there's nothing wrong with having it on your phone. I have it on my phone too. But when I, when, I, when I spend my quiet time, I read my Bible because of the fact that I actually don't want distraction, right? It's very, very easy when a notification from Facebook or Instagram comes up to get a little bit distracted. And when someone posts a photo that's like, hashtag quiet time with Jesus, and you go and look at it in your quiet time, that kind of defeats the purpose of your quiet time, to be honest. It's like, it's a little bit counterproductive. And you're like, ooh, like, <laughs> hashtag boom, hashtag spiritual. Um, it just, it's, it doesn't work. It, it, it's not what it works. So that's why I have a Bible it's so that I can eliminate distraction because I, I see that beforehand. I'm like, well, I know that happens, so what am I going to do about it? Well, maybe I'll just use my Bible instead of my phone, and that way I can't get distracted by any notifications that pop up. We've got to make sure that we're eliminating distraction from our lives in order to hear God. And the best way we do that is by spending quiet time with Him with without any distractions, with making sure that we're focused on Him fully and tuned into His voice as much as we possibly can so that when He calls us in our everyday life, when He calls us in the middle of work, we're able to respond in instantly and hear His voice and know where it's coming from. Drink break. Hmm. Uh, my second point tonight is the word confirmation. So we have 
concentration and then we have confirmation. When Peter said to Jesus, he's like, Jesus, I need you to take me out of my comfort zone. Tell me to come to you and I will come. And then Jesus gives him a a confirmation. He's like, come, do it, come on. The best way you can receive confirmation whether or not you should step out of your comfort zone is to read the Bible, to be honest. And I don't know if you want to know how many times people have stepped out of their comfort zone, to be honest. It's like Jesus is like the biggest dude. He was sweating blood, like he stepped out of his comfort zone. There's so many people in the Bible that stepped out of their comfort zone. And the best way for you to receive confirmation on whether Jesus is calling you out Say, come here, come to me. I know it's dangerous, but come. I know it's uncomfortable. It's for you to read the Word of God and to spend time in prayer, which falls back to the quiet time, which I was talking about earlier. You need to have an inner peace that comes with your confirmation. I can guarantee you that Peter was not like, hey, Jesus, come and tell me to come walk in the water. And Jesus is like, come. And he's like, ooh, wasn't expecting to go that way. Wasn't expecting to go, nah, mate, it's all good. I'll meet you on the other side. I'll carry you across, hey. No, no, he was like, Jesus, tell me to come and I'll come. As soon as Jesus said, come, Peter had an inner peace about what he was going to do. He knew what he was going to do. He didn't, need, he didn't need any convincing. He just needed a confirmation and then he, he knew what he was going to do. Confirmation. I think, I think a great way of getting confirmation as well is getting perspective uh, from those above you, to be honest. Um, I love our leaders of our church, to be honest. I think we have incredible, incredible, incredible leaders here. Um, I constantly go to Tony, to Chris, to Benno uh, to get advice on what I need to do with my life and where I'm being an idiot and where I'm not. And they always tell me it's the best. Um, they always tell me with a big smile on their face as well. So I don't know what's with that. Um, but, you know, but yeah, I just, it's all good. I still love you guys, you know. But when I, I, I recently, I, I said at the beginning, I recently moved down from Canberra. And uh, to be honest, that was, that was a big decision I had to make um, just because it's, it's, it's my life, you know, as an adult, my first big decision as an adult pretty much. And I was like, all right, I'm going to go move down to Adelaide. Yeah, let's do it. Come on. And so what I had to do is I talked to people who were, who, who were my leaders. I talked to them. I, I said, this is, this is what I'm feeling. I feel like I've heard the call of God in my quiet time. I've done my quiet time. I feel like this is it. Is this something that I'm just being crazy about or is this something you can see for me? And that's, I went to my leaders above me and that's why I'm standing here today is because I, I had to work through some stuff and they all, they all thought that, well, they, they were like, yeah, we, we think that if you think this is the voice of God, you should really act on it. And so I did. But it's always important to go to leaders above you. I can never stress it enough. It's like, Brings incredible perspective. Tony always uses this example. I'm going to steal it and make it my own. Um, But imagine you're on a mountain and you're halfway up the mountain and you have someone three quarters up the mountain and you can't see the path where you're going to go, right? You can't see it. But the person above can see exactly what path you need to take. Why wouldn't you radio up to them and be like, hey, where do I need to go from here? Can you help me out? You need to make sure that you're, you're reaching up to your leaders constantly and all the time. 
It'll save you a lot of stress, to be honest. Anyways. Confirmation. Point number three is conviction. Peter, he heard, he was concentrated. He heard the voice of God. He turns. There's a confirmation from Jesus that says, come. And at that moment, there has to be something happens within Peter. There has to be something that happens within him, inside of him that goes, all right, I've got a conviction about this now. I've got a conviction and I need to decide to do this. You want to know what the word conviction means? In the, the dictionary definition of conviction is a fixed or firm belief. You cannot tell me that Peter stepped out of a boat in, in a huge storm, walking to, towards someone that they just thought was a ghost and say he didn't have a fixed or firm belief on what was about to happen. He needed it. He absolutely needed it. He couldn't have done what he did without it. He had to make that inward decision before the external outworking of, yeah, I'm going to do this. I'm con- I have a conviction about this. Nothing anyone can say will ever tell me otherwise. I know what I need to do, so I know that I need to go do something. It's an internal decision that has to be made. I can guarantee you that the other disciples were not like, yep, go ahead, Peter, walk on water. Yeah, you got this, mate. You're... Yeah. Have, have you guys ever tried to actually walk on water? I actually have. Like, when I was, like, younger on the, on the edge of the pool, and you, like, pray really hard, you'd be like, Jesus. Let me walk on water. And there was that moment where you, like, suck your foot out, and you're like, it's about to happen. Ooh! Spirit fingers on, and it's like, ooh! And then you would go and step and you would fall straight to the bottom and you're like, ah. Oh. And then someone would be like, it's because you didn't do your daily reading. And I'm like, mm, whatever. And then like your friend would come out with like a, you know, those like little, uh, the, the swimming boards and then like you put them on the water and they'd be like, look, I can walk on water. And you're like, whatever. That's fake. <laughs> Hashtag not spiritual. Anyways. Um, I have a lot of deep to the issues with my walking on water uh, inability when I was younger, but it's okay. I'm seeing Tony about it, and he's talking to me about it. So, um. But it's, it, it's the internal process you have to make and the conviction that allows you to have that physical outworking. Without that internal decision, you can't go anywhere. Because I can guarantee you, if you're hearing the voice of God calling you somewhere and you don't have a conviction inside of you, you are not going to be able to walk it out. You're not. I had to be so, I was so convicted that I had to be down here for the next season of my life, to be honest. I was so convicted that I was like, all right, I got to go do this. This is scary, but I got to go do it. All right, let's go. Let's do this. Let's go. Before there was any sort of physical outworking towards it. You know, it's one thing to hear the voice of God. It's another thing to settle it. Sometimes when you hear what God says, you're like, nah, mate. Tap out. I'm out. It's scary sometimes. It literally is. And yet we have to choose. It's a choice to be settled with it.
the inward conviction and the in internal decision comes when you choose to settle the call of God in your season. Tony mentioned uh, this morning about, uh, sorry, Chris mentioned this morning, not Tony, um, about the, the Good Samaritan, right, uh, passing by. But it, it, it's one thing to concern for someone, it's another thing to have conviction. The people that passed before the Samaritan that came in and helped the guy up, they were concerned. They were like, oh, it's a beat up guy, that sucks for him. See you, mate. Um, but then the Samaritan comes along and has a conviction. It's like, hang on, hang on a second. I need to pick this person up. And I need to give something of myself to make sure they're all right. And they're, they're healed and they're, they, they go on to, to become well. Don't just be the person who just concerns for things. Don't be that person. If I'm honest, no one really likes a person who just concerns for people. Oh, that sucks for you, mate. I'm really sorry. Oh, that sucks for you. I'm really, oh, I'm, I'm really sorry that happened to you. Yeah, I'm really, really sorry. You have my concern. Where's the conviction? Where's that inward decision to help someone up? Help them up. You got to make sure. Every time you guys clap, I go for the water, by the way. But anyway. You guys are my new favorites. <laughs> we got to make sure that we settle ourselves. You need to settle yourself. Make the decision to be okay with it. Make the decision to no matter what the cost, no matter what the consequence, yeah, no, I know this is what I need to be doing. So I'm going to do it. Conviction. There are always pros and cons to certain decisions and situations. Always. I don't think I've ever heard of a situation that doesn't have some sort of con or, or some sort of pro to it. You just got to settle it. Fourth point tonight. We got uh, concentration, confirmation, conviction. We got courage. I'm doing pretty well with the alliteration at the moment, I feel. Um, but eventually, Peter actually had to step out of the boat. I mean, like, I don't, it, was all, it would have been all good for him to be like, Jesus, tell me to come. And Jesus like, come. And then he's like, all right, I've got a conviction. I'm going to do it. At some point, he actually had to do it. He couldn't have the conviction and then just procrastinate for the rest of his life. That moment was about to pass like that. So here's something that I don't think a lot of people realize is that some moments do actually pass. It's true. There's a story about a guy called Blind Bartimaeus in the Bible. 
And it says Jesus was walking past and he called out. I don't know about you, but I read that. I'm like, if he didn't call out, would Jesus have walked past him? Would his opportunity to get what he needed have passed him if he didn't call out? There has to be a moment where you eventually make the decision I'm going to stop procrastinating. I know this is what I need. I know what I need to do. So I'm going to go and do it. When you have that inward conviction, it's very easy to then do the external outworking. There's a reason why the internal comes first because you need to settle it within yourself before you can settle anyone else about it. Don't miss your moment. Don't miss it. When Jesus is calling out to you, don't miss your moment. It may not be there again. It may not. I don't know whether it will or will not, but I'd always like to say that I took the moment whenever it came, you know? When you're, when you're in heaven one day and Jesus is facing you and you're talking about how bad you were at life, apparently. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to miss that. I don't want him to list off all the missed moment, opportunities and moments that I had and for it to be longer than the ones that I did take. That's just me, but... You know, there, there, there's a time to pray and there's a time to act. We got to make sure we have our quiet time so we know the voice of God. We got to make sure that we get that confirmation, that inward conviction... And when it comes to the time of courage, you've got to act. There's a reason the book of Acts is called Acts. We always talk about how good would it be if we got back to the, the New Testament church in the book of Acts. It would be so awesome. Well, how about we start actually doing some stuff, and then maybe we'll start to see more stuff that happens in Acts. I don't know about you, but I read it, and I'm like, this is filled of people actually doing things. And then I look at, I'm like, People are always saying, why don't we be more like them? Well, then how about we start acting like them? How about we put some works to our faith? When we're up there saying, when we're out there, sorry, saying, yeah, we got faith for this. How about we put works to it as well? When you say, I have faith for this church to grow and for us to go multi-site and for us to do all sorts of things. How about we start putting our money where our mouth is a little bit, if I'm honest? Seriously. What type of action, what act, what type of works, what type of stepping out of the boat are you doing to what you know you're meant to be, that inward conviction in your heart, what you know you need to be doing, what are you doing outworkingly? You know, it, it, it's hard. It's hard actually sometimes to do that outwork, that outworking. You need to have that inward conviction. That's why I've entitled it courage because you need to take courage. Jesus said to Peter, he said, take courage. Don't be afraid. You need to take courage back. You can't just leave it lying around. You need to take it back. It's a decision that you make when you take courage back. It's hard when you're at school and you say you want to stay a virgin until you're married. Many people don't understand that. Many people don't understand that. Kids these days, like teenagers, just, I, don't, I don't understand that. Why would you do that? It's your external outworking for your inward conviction. When you say, I don't want to go get drunk with all my work colleagues before we finish work or right after it, 
that's not what I want to do. That's that, in, that's that external outworking of that internal conviction that you have. And people are like, I don't understand why. Why not? And you're like, I have an, exter- I have an internal conviction. And this is my external outworking. I know that Jesus has a plan for me. I can hear him at the moment calling me somewhere else. And this is not where I need to be right now. That's where I'm going to be. I don't know about you, but like I think about this story and think about the other disciples when they saw Peter stepping out of the boat and they were like, you're an idiot. What are you doing? Have you ever thought about that? Like there's a huge storm going on, the wind and the waves. And then like someone they thought there was a ghost is calling him out and they're like, what are you doing, you retard? Why are you stepping over the boat? Have you ever thought about that? Like who would step over the side of a boat in the middle of a storm? When you take that step out of your comfort zone, there's going to be people who don't understand it, don't get it, like I said. But to be honest, they're going to be the ones still in the boat, and they're going to be at least halfway to Jesus. That's the thing I, would, I never got about the story, to be honest. Well, I, I got, I'm like, I'm, Peter was like my hero, to be honest, in this story, because I'm like, he was the one who got out of the boat. He got, we don't know what, like, he obviously got pretty close to Jesus because it said immediately Jesus reached out and grabbed him. So he must have gotten pretty close to him. And you were like, well, like, Peter, you have little faith. You should have had more faith, Peter. He got further than you ever did. Seriously. It's because he had the external outworking of an internal conviction that he had. And he decided... I don't care what other people think of me, what other people say about me. I know where I need to be. I need to be next to Jesus. And I don't care what stands in between me and Him. I don't care what's happening. I need to be there as close as I can to Him. Take courage. Because you're going to need it. Take courage. My, my fifth and final point, if the keys want to come up. Holy Spirit's always there when the keys are there. Where's Kathy? Oh. Hey, Kathy. How you going? Good? All right, good. My, my fifth and final point, keeping with my alliteration, is consistency. The story goes where Peter's walking, he's walking on water, and Jesus is there, and he's focused. He's focused on Jesus, the one who called him. The one who called him at the very beginning and said, come follow me. I'll make you fishers of men. And he went. He's calling him now and he's saying, come to me, Peter. And Peter's like, all right. He's focused. He's got Jesus in his sights. He's walking on water. What an incredible moment, right? But but here's, all of a sudden he starts to sink. All of a sudden, he goes from saying, focus on Jesus. Pinpoint accuracy on Jesus. Eyes transfixed on his face. 
all of a sudden his eyes start to drift a little bit. And he sees the wind. And he sees the waves. And he becomes terrified again. It's not like the wind and the waves were never there when he was looking at Jesus, by the way. They were still there. There was still a huge storm that was going on. Peter had just decided to stay focused on what he needed to stay focused on. Peter had decided to lock eyes with Jesus and start walking. And then his miracle started to outwork. And then you, know, you say, but, but Dan, he started sinking. I'm like, yeah, he did. But I don't know if you ever thought about this. Him and the, and the disciples and Jesus just fed 5,000 people, literally, that, that day. With five loaves and two fish. 5,000 people. That's a lot of people. With five loaves and two fish, that's a lot of distribution. That's a lot of physical effort. Not to mention, he probably would have had to be discipling people that day and helping them out, which, 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 which would have drained him. And then straight afterwards, Jesus is like, meet me on the other side. I need to go do something. And so they, they're in the boat and they've got this whole thing planned. They've got people on the shift for watch and for sailing and for directing and for driving and and then all of a sudden this huge storm comes so no one can fall asleep now because it's all hands on deck trying to survive it was 3am in the morning when Jesus came walking towards them 3 o'clock in the morning where they had probably gotten up around about 5 o'clock or 6 o'clock the, the, the day before when the sunrise came up. They spent all day caring for people, doing what Jesus had told them. Have you ever thought about the fact that maybe Peter was just tired? Maybe you've been coming to victory for 20 years now and maybe you're just tired. Maybe you feel like you, you just, you're just tired. You just need, your, your gaze has been shifted just because you're physically tired. Maybe you shifted your gaze because because you're afraid of something. Maybe you shifted your gaze because you have, a, you have a big payment that's coming up and you're not sure how you're going to cover it because your income does not match the payment you need to make. Maybe you're afraid because someone you know and care for and love for has just fallen sick and you're not sure what's going to happen. Don't stop. Don't stop. 
Don't stop. Don't stop. When you're walking, don't stop. When you're tired, keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. When you're afraid, keep your eyes fixed on the one who conquered death. Don't stop. Activate your faith. Activate that, in, that conviction inside of you. Keep pushing through the physical outworking and don't stop. Don't stop. Don't do it. Keep going. Be consistent. Get up every day and read your Bible. You'll notice a change. Talk to the Messiah, the God who we worship every single day. Talk to Him every day and you'll see the change. Have a dialogue with Him. And you'll see the change. Be consistent. If you want to see yourself walking through what you need to walk through, no matter what it is, be consistent no matter what. Be consistent. When those wind and the waves feel like that, you feel like they're trying to grab your attention, stay tuned, stay focused, focus on the one who gave his life to save you. He bore a lot more than you ever did to save you. Stay focused. Stay consistent. You know, it starts with Jesus and it ended with Jesus. But we're not at the end yet, right? We still have a part to play right now. It has to continue with Jesus as well. Don't do it without Him. One of the best part about this story is before I hand back to Tone. I read the story. And man, Peter would have felt good, but when he started to sink, he would have felt terrible. And he would have been like, man, if I could only stay consistent and have reached him, what, what could have happened? Here's the incredible thing. As soon as Peter started to sink, Jesus immediately reached out his hand and pulled him up. I don't know if you've ever thought about this, but they had to walk back to the boat. He walked back to the boat with Jesus. Even when you feel like you've lost focus and you, you've, you, you feel like you're sinking, you feel like you're drowning, you feel like no matter what you do, no matter what you're trying to do, it's not working to stay afloat. And you knew once that you were so in tune with Jesus and in step with Him that you could walk across these things. And now you're sinking the best part about the story is that Jesus can pull you up anyways. And he can bring you back to the boat on that water anyways. Stay consistent. Stay consistent. Stay consistent, guys. Thank you very much. Thank you for taking the time to listen. If you have any questions, please email us at admin at victorychurch.net.au. 